This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solution 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. It's mid-September and afternoon temps are still... Still in the mid nineties, so we'll uh, revisit some of our hummer, some <laughs> summer home maintenance list. I'll get it right, but also keep looking towards the uh, fall season. We've got as our guest uh, for this hour Shane McClendon from Shane McClendon Builder, who will help with your uh, home improvement projects. Also later in the show, we'll go step by step and repair some uh, damaged drywall. That's actually a lot easier than you think, and, and we can walk you through that. So uh, join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How you fellas doing this morning? Doing well. I'm doing great. Ooh, Glad good. to be here. Dell, you with oh, us? Yes, yeah. I'm blessed. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so what's everybody got going on? Dell? All right, I wanted to ask. I told you before we got into this. What are you guys? I, kn- I know that you're all out there working for a living. Living a dream, but what what are you having to do at your house? What's the last thing you had to fix at your home? Well, I haven't really fixed anything in a while, <laughs> um, but my wife, and you, she can uh, attest to this, uh-huh. there is a tub that I'm going to install, and it's been sitting in the living room for about three months. <laughs> That's where tubs go best. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, whenever we have company over, she's, when are you going to do something with this right. tub? And it's just like... I, it's coming. What's the the old saying? You know, the mechanic never fixes his own car, right, kind of right. thing. Shane, um, I, I I got one question. How many times have you been in the tub, sitting in the living room? Come on, tell truth. I haven't done it yet because it's actually tilted up on the side, so it's not taking much. But Come you know, on. hey, that's a pretty good idea. I can go put a drain in it tonight, fill that right. bad boy up. <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, All right, so Jeff, um. What, what have you been made to pick up a hammer at all? <clears throat> I know how to pick up a hammer. Okay, do you want and now me to answer me, that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you have doing at your house? What have you fixed the most recently? What have we fixed? Um, I, I, I swear, I think we're working on something. Um, I think the wife's cleaning garage out or something. Oh, really? I think so. You think? Yeah. So you've not participated in Well, sin. I've been busy. Right, right. Okay, cool. Uh, Dale? Well, I've uh, I bought some pictures to hang up, uh-huh. and they're just stuffed in the front foyer, and and I, I get the same question: When are you going to hang those pictures up? And and I want to see see I don't you know <laughs> basically I'm the only one here that has told the truth. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Come on, <laughs> y'all can make up stuff as much as you want. Hey, right. I have good intentions. Okay, so yeah. look, yeah. I beat all you guys this weekend. We know now, the reason I can do that is because I don't do what you do. Um, so I don't do it all day long, so I don't mind doing it when you I come home. It. So anyway, but I thought, uh, Shane, your brother, Timmy would have been, would have been proud of me. We had a busted ice maker for like three weeks and mm. it literally had frozen so bad that we couldn't even pull the tray out. It had frozen <laughs> just solid. And finally, uh, my wife decided that she was going to clean out the refrigerator portion. Well, I guess that kept the doors open long enough that I could pretty much, you know, grab it with both 
fists and put a foot up there and pull that thing out finally. But anyway, it didn't break, and I was able to get all the ice out of there. I'd like to see that as a picture on a technical manual. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can't get it out, put your foot on it and pull. That's right. it, pull really hard. Now, Timmy would not have been proud of that. Because he'd be proud that I fixed it myself. No, he'd have been proud if you would have called him. He'd have come out there and fixed it and then gave you a bill. Sure. That's how right, right. he would, he would like that, that. All right, let's let's uh, let's go to Martha in Louisville, and she has uh, got a uh, – oh, no, it's in Louisville with a window issue. What's going on, Martha? Well, every winter um, – I have a lot of condensation on my windows, and I'm wondering if there is anything that I can do about it. They're double-pane um, sealed windows, and I have gas heat, and I'm thinking that it's the gas heat that's probably causing it. Um, okay, I'm not real sure. Usually single-pane windows are the ones that have a lot of condensation. You know, I don't really have any at all on a double-pane insulated window. I wonder if there's a, uh, the gas has leaked out of her windows. Well, usually it wouldn't be. It would be in between the panes then, right. not are on you, the outside. Are you, are you sure the condensation's not in between the glass? Not in the glass? In between the two pieces of glass? No, it's, it's on the, down it, windows. It's inside. on the inside, isn't it? Yes. Now, it, it hasn't started yet, has it? No. It's, okay. Though every winter yeah. for a long period yeah. of time and um, ruining my da- uh, right. thing. Well, I mean, you know what causes condensation? Uh, water. The, well, not well. That's the byproduct of yeah. condensation. But the 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 window is cool. You got hot air blowing on the window. That's going to cause condensation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's on the inside. That that's just a hard one to. Um, should should also should the uh, air unit be um, taking care of some of the humidity in the home? You would think so. Usually, gas heat dries it out a yeah. little bit more. Well, and I was thinking, kinda... is this a situation where maybe her unit is so powerful that it doesn't stay on long enough to get rid of the humidity? That usually happens on uh, AC. I don't think it really happens that much on, on the heat side. Okay, I didn't Heat's know. I was, I was kind of applying yeah, that. but it, Yeah, on the on the AC side, absolutely. Right. The short right. cycles. Because that, that's going to act as your dehue, actually. Now, our window guy um, sells some type of tent that gives a film. I don't know if it would help in this case. Maybe um, like a blanket the, for the window? The film, yeah. I saw, as a matter of fact, I saw a kit of those things this weekend at the home store that I go to, and it has, uh, and it's, it's real cheap. It's two pieces of what seemed like heavy-duty saran wrap. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, here, here's another possibility. Do you have a lot of air leaking around your window? Yeah. Oh. If it's not properly flashed, that's it. That might be, yeah. Uh, Martha, that might be something to look at. If you're getting uh, air around that window, a real easy way to check that is uh, make sure your air unit is off in your home. And just uh, uh, take a lighter, something like that, a candle or a a match, whatever. Hold it up and go around that window, and it'll show you where it's blowing out air. Um, Okay. You know, it it, it says right here exactly what we're talking about. Uh, Interior window condensation is caused by excessive moisture in the house, which would indicate that a dehue would help inside your house. Um, a what would help? A, a dehumidifier. A you, you've got a lot of humidity oh, okay. inside your house. And let me yes. let me continue. And it often occurs in the winter when warm air inside the house condensates on the cold window. 
exactly what we talked about. Exterior window condensation is simply dew that occurs when the window is colder than the dew point outside. Um, there you and go. Then, and then what, what Shane just said, mm-hmm. you, you probably have some leakage around that window. Mm-hmm. Um, go on the outside of your house and look and see. Make sure the window um, is caulked to the exterior surface, be it brick, siding, whatever. That's going to help. Um, and, uh, and try to get some of the humidity out of your house. Well, a contractor now had told me that I probably would do better with vinyl windows, and I was wondering. You have uh, aluminum windows? Uh, you do have aluminum? Would... Do you have aluminum windows, Martha? Yes, I do. Uh, okay, they, yeah. there you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I was assuming since it was yeah. double pane that sure. you'd probably have vinyl already. But, yeah, aluminum is going to radiate or transmit hot or cold, and that'll that'll cause them to right. you know, condensate a lot. Uh, yeah, and just to add to that, that is your best value in a in a window. It's is a vinyl it's window. It's a vinyl, vinyl window. window all day long. Yes. Okay. Now, now remember what I said: value. Right. Um, so buy you a good quality vinyl window. All right, Martha. I appreciate it. I hope that helps out. Let's uh, go real quick to uh, John. No, no. Let's give it a sec. All right. Let's go to John in Hazelhurst here in just a second. Uh, here we go. John, are you with us? Yo, John. Hey, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're calling from Hazelhurst, right? That's right, yeah. Um, I was just going to – I had this same situation a couple years ago. I had built a house. Uh, an older couple moved in. It was gas heat and also gas logs. And in the winter, they were turning their, their central system off and running only their gas logs on low at night. And so they had this condensation. And we, uh, we figured out that it was from the, the gas producing moisture and putting a lot of moisture into the house. Um, and that they weren't running their unit to, um, uh, you know, to circulate the, the moisture out of the house. So once they started, you know, just putting the unit on, um, uh, just to circulate the air, then it took care of the problem. Interesting. So I, you know, if, she, if she's using a gas central unit, that wouldn't really help. But if she's just using gas logs or gas heaters, uh-huh. then that might help out. Okay, great. Sounds good. Kind of, kind of the same uh, thing as putting in a ceiling fan, uh, keeping the air moving. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, John. We appreciate it. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. It's time for us to take our first break for the hour. Today we're answering your questions about home remodels, summer fall maintenance, and also uh, later in the show we're going to do a step-by-step repair for some uh, damaged drywall. You can call us with your questions, comments. Just tell us what project you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And when we come back, we'll have three tips to help you save money on your next remodel. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Dell Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Also, we've got Shane McClendon here from Shane McClendon Builder, LLC. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at MPB 
www.ohiomoneyonline.org. Before the break, we mentioned three tips that uh, could save you some money on your next remodel. Now, what you save in money, you'll spend in elbow grease. Okay, Those tips are now, we bring the contractors in to uh, rebut me, I think. Because I'm the DIYer guy here. But they do say remove your old cabinets and countertops, appliances, and stuff like that before the contractor arrives to reduce labor and disposal costs. That's something that they yes. mentioned. So, guys, is that something that's real? That's something you can do. But please talk with your contractor first uh-huh. because the t- the typically what happens is either they under-demo or they over-demo. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so if you say, hey, uh, Shane, we'd like to do the demo in the kitchen. Can you tell us what to do? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Number two, uh, go ahead and pick up the materials yourself instead of having them delivered by, you know, some sort of uh, company. That is something that's mentioned on this list that all of my guys are ready to jump in at. What What's going on, well, Jeff? Well, here, okay. I, I've had this happen personally. Okay. Um Homeowner says, man, I can save X if you'll let me supply my faucet. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Uh-huh. They they go to the big box store, and they get that bathroom faucet. And then my plumber gets out there and says, mm-hmm. well, Jeff, I don't have a tailpiece. I don't have this. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. So now this little bit of money that we've saved, right? we just spent with the plumber mm-hmm. because I've instructed the plumber to go install this faucet. Now he can't because all the parts and pieces aren't there. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to, and I'm not going to beat up on the big box stores, but you, but you have to watch them. There, there's a there's a De- reason there's a reason um, their products are a little less expensive. Right, right, right. Not, not well, included. They, this is what it means. Well, not get, included. Yeah, they so. get to they get to purchase in bulk, and that gives them a price cut, right. and that's great. But. And, and then another issue. Um, let's let's talk warranty for a minute. I'm yeah. the I'm the general contractor. I put a warranty on this project. Mm-hmm. The faucet that you went and bought at Lowe's, uh, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. isn't working. Right. Oh, Jeff, our faucet isn't working. Ah, you know, I, that's that's really, your faucet. That's really you not. It. I didn't have anything to do with it. Right. Well, yeah, you did. You know, it, it, you so installed you, it. You right. can yeah. see how that can es- escalate. In my opinion, right. if 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 you're if if I'm working for you, absolutely not. I'm gonna I'm gonna supply the products and. If if that doesn't work, get you another contractor. Is my opinion. Okay, so if I were to come to you and say, "Hey, um, can 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 uh, let's say I got a I got a cousin that owns a contracting business. He's going to give me the stuff at cost. Can you give me a list?" All right, I'm going to silence says everything. All right, so you, I, I can provide people with a list, and uh-huh. I'm gonna give you. I've learned in the in the past be very specific uh-huh. because I can get. I gave somebody a list. Uh-huh. Uh, just say fascia board, for instance. Right. Well, I wanted to use hardy board or something like that. Right. And so they call in that you know uh, up there, and they're like, "Wow, this stuff's really expensive." Right. He needs. He just needs a one by six. What have you got that's cheaper? Well, we got number two yellow pine. Right. 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 Yeah. You, we're not we're not doing number two yellow pine on nah. on a fascia board. It's all twisted, not right, right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so so you have people that I, I would say pitch that uh-huh. and just let us get the materials. Okay. That way we can ensure we're getting the proper ones. And if you got a beef with something, then right. you know 
then we can take care of or okay. handle it accordingly. What about uh, what about helping out by painting either the walls or the windows and frames on okay, your own? Here we go with paint. this thing. Um, <laughs> so, Just stay out the way. <laughs> all right. So usually towards the end of the project is when uh-huh. everybody's out of money. One of the last right. people to come in is the painter, uh-huh. and everybody thinks that they can do their own paint job. <laughs> right. And I've I've had uh, customers go in there and get that little uh, what's that little thing that was on the as you see it on TV. The, yeah, the little, little square edger. Paint yeah. edger. Yeah. Yes. Man. <laughs> it just leaves a little line on the top of the ceiling. Oh, the it left a lot of little lines yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, you know, if that, talk to your contractor. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've let people do their own painting and stuff before, and I was very clear with them and very clear in my contract. Everything looks fine now, mm-hmm. you know, and then like sheetrock stuff like that, because right. usually it's going to be raw or patched sheetrock. Mm-hmm. But we can't always see all the imperfections until there's a coat of paint on it. Right. Tell them prime it once we'll come back we'll touch it up mm-hmm. then it's yours and um yeah i i, okay. I just i've just ran into a lot of issues with painter with homeowners trying to do their own painting and then i'm still involved in the project or you know like well so basically let the, paint, you, let the painter paint the cabinets let the homeowner paint the walls and stuff like that right it's, okay all right so now you hear how contractors think about that you know that yeah. that that's interesting to know. Yeah, and I, I, Shane, I, I've got to agree a thousand percent. I mean, if if you're going to hire a general contractor, let the general contractor do the job. Okay. Now you, you wouldn't hire your doctor um, to only do part of it. That's true. Would you? you know, I'll handle the sewing up. You, right. If you'll take yeah. care of the rest. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. And another thing is I've had issues with, especially like on some of these 203K loans that we've done, uh-huh. people will get tied up at the end and want to do the painting themselves. Well, right. now they're doing the painting at night when they get off work or on the weekend right. and stuff like that, and it winds up dragging the job out. Right. Because there's other, you know, I can't lay tile or flooring and stuff like that until the painting's Until the paint's done. down, right. So things to think about. All right, real quick, we've got a uh, email here, um, and it's about something that all three of you have worked with in the past. All right, here we go. I have a bathroom mirror that is apparently glued to the wall. I'd like to remove it, cut the damaged area off the bottom, and remount it. But I'm not sure what I'm dealing with. Is there a standard method that construction crews use to attach mirrors to walls? I intend to remount it with a... With an inch of clearance above the counter surround backsplash, is there a reason that the mirror rests directly on the counter surround backsplash, which is why the water damage exists in the first place? If I can if I can successfully remove the mirror intact, what adhesive should I use to remount it? Okay, let's go after one of these at a time. Um, all right, she says first, uh, is there a standard method that construction crews use to attach mirrors to walls? There's an adhesive that uh, a glass company uses. I don't know the name of it because I always let them do it. Mm-hmm. But I know silicone, well, but when you're reattaching the mirror, I'm going to skip right. ahead a little bit. Reattaching okay. the mirror, don't stick it up there with liquid nails and don't stick it up there with silicone. There, And then you're going to have to have something. If you're going to space it an inch off, uh-huh. you're going to have to have something that's holding that mirror right. on that wall. Can you tell me why liquid nails wouldn't work? The chemicals will eat the coating yeah. off the back. And, and it oh. gets hard and brittle. Oh, okay. Liquid, I got liquid you. nail gets hard and brittle. But the thing to do is build a frame. Right. Set that mirror in a frame. Uh-huh. That way it kind of rests Within something, sure. It's not just sure. hanging on the wall. But, but at, at that point, you can raise it above that backsplash. I know exactly what they're talking right, about. Right, right, yeah. 
water splashes there. It takes the Looking silver coating off of the back it, right. and, and, and so on and so forth. So put it in a simple frame. Mm-hmm. That, that would be uh, how we're doing most of new construction yep. today. Right. Um, and and uh, one of the neat things about going to a frame, by the way, is that you can uh, find the stud and hang it on there. Um, instead of if you're if you're well, gluing oh, yes, something yes, to yes. the wall, sure. you know that's one thing. But you can move it around if you're going into a stud. All right. The other one, real quick, before we go to the phones here, um, uh, how to get that off of there if it's already uh, stuck with adhesive to the wall? We've talked about this before on the show, but go ahead and give that best method. Well, what my glass guy likes to do because he has the big suction cups uh-huh. is you take it up there and then just start pulling it off. I usually take, because there again, I'm demoing it. I'm usually throwing it in the trash. Right. We'll take a pry bar, a sheetrock knife or uh-huh. something to get around the edges and then start to work it off. Now, make a note of this. If you're trying to reuse the mirror, don't do that uh-huh. because when you scratch the coating on the back, uh-huh. there's no fixing it. Okay. And and Jeff has mentioned when you're trying to get it off there, you're using piano wire. I like a, I like a piano wire. Put uh, two little sticks on each end to make a handle and just kind of cut through it. Man, that's a great so, idea. Never thought about that. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phone real quick. Humidity on the floors. Rob is on the line. Can you help with that? Uh, help with that, Rob? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Oh yes, we can hear you. Great. Um, I have a home in Oxford, Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, built in 1953. It's got a, it's a little cottage. I think it's kind of a craftsman style thing. There's a crawl space underneath. It's about three feet uh, high. Uh, we bought the house last fall. Uh, when we moved in, there was some slight buckling in the heart pine floors of the main living space. By the time the fall rolled around, that buckling had started to abate. Um, by wintertime, they were dead flat. But again, this spring, obviously, when the humidity and heat came back, that began to reemerge. And then by midsummer, the, the buckling had gotten much more pronounced. Um, I've done some research on this. I know there's a debate about whether you're supposed to open those vents in the summer. I also did some research uh, based on some advice from some contractors about getting a full humidification system under the house. But I wanted to just get your sh- set of opinions on the issue. Gentlemen? Full humidification system under the house is the way to go. Right, exactly. Um, the problem is, is you know, moisture up under the house is obviously coming up to the floors and making them, you know, right. buckle. Um, they're e- either you've got – you need a um, – better vapor barrier under the house um yeah or yeah. some I, i've actually ran into a uh, problem one time where uh they just had a new air conditioning unit installed and the air conditioning unit pipe ducking all that other stuff under, underneath the house was sweating so bad you know and then they like you said they had wow. buckling they had buckling in the summer then as soon as they switched to heat right. Yep. tried right up floors went back down yep. so but the, the only way to you know, really get rid of it and fix it is to do that dehumidification system under your house where you're actually treating your crawl space as if it's part of the conditioned airspace inside. Right. Yeah. And get, and get some, get, get some airflow that, 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 that should, there should be airflow under your house. So, Um, so to that exact question, sir, or to that exact point, those little um, kind of windows vents, right. That have like a metal covering, should those be removed in the summertime to give that flow that you're talking about? There's a debate on this if you read about it online. 
Right. Yeah, I've I've heard a little bit about the debate where um, it's 100 percent humidity outside means the air is fully saturated. So what's it gonna you know what good is it gonna do blowing saturated air right underneath the house? And, exactly. You know. So uh, <clears throat> there's also another school of thought out there is to do like a, a closed cell spray yeah. underneath the house about two inches thick, and that will effectively act as your um, uh, Vapor barrier. Then, now what? What does that mean? What are you talking about? A closed cell, closed cell foam. Oh, so foam yeah. like spray? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're basically making your, yeah, you're basically making your house an igloo cooler. Um, right. But uh, but anyway, but now with closed cell foam, if you have any moisture issues on the top side that are trying to leak down, they won't. Yeah, they're not leaking down. They're going to sit there and they're going to continue to rot out the floor. So, uh, you know, so you got to get how, it dry. I'm evaluate one. that, sir. I'm sorry. How would you evaluate that if you had if you had moisture issues coming down from the top? I mean, I well, believe the, it's coming from the bottom upwards, but how right. would you know? No, what I, what I mean is like way. a leaky shower. So uh, so right, if right. so if we have a small leaking shower that's not really an issue because mm-hmm. the the bottom of the floor is open, now all of a sudden we foam it. Well, that it, you just made it accelerate that much faster. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, that would be the equivalent of 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 like having a new foundation come up under your house. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. now Rob, don't 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 forget, make sure that you have an adequate vapor barrier on the ground under your house. And and I do, but I guess I would focus on the word adequate. What what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we we don't want holes in it. We want we want all the ground covered with a with a heavy mill visqueen. And at this point from 1953, there's probably a lot of stuff under there. Sure. So that's a whole lot easier said than done. Hell, true. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I guess what I'm hearing is if I want to just spend the money and get, get a unit under there and, and basically air condition the underside of my house, that's the, the full fix. Although this foam thing is interesting to me, I want to look into that as well. Yeah. Um, I would think that the foam thing would be cheaper. Uh, yeah. But like I said, now you're gonna you need to go through there and make sure that you don't have anything leaking anywhere. I mean, all penetrations are gonna have to be sealed up, you know, for that essentially to be effective. Or your your uh, insulation contractor may say, look, let's just leave this tub drain um, open and exposed. I don't think a tub drain, you know, a two square foot area underneath your tub being open is gonna affect your floors, you know, in, greatly. In your kitchen over, right? The, yeah. So, but now d- don't don't. Don't don't confuse. You're you're not going to air condition that crawl space. You're just moving air through that crawl space. Okay. Uh, okay. Shane, right. okay. W- wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you seal it off completely, and basically, you have a, a dehumidifier yeah. under there, so you're circulating right. and pulling the moisture out from under the right. house. My understanding was that air conditioning was principally dehumidification. <laughs> yes, it. it so, yeah, I mean it is, but there's we're not going to put an air conditioning unit under. It's actually going to be a dehumidifier. I got you. Yeah, the ones I'm seeing online are somewhere between eleven hundred, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred bucks. Sure. Wow. All right, Rob. Uh, I I think that's about as far as we can go with that one. All right, let's uh, keep it on moving to Jim in uh, Houston. Has got a question about a ductless AC. What's going on, Jim? Well, I'm just wondering what you could tell me about that. I just learned about there's such a thing as ductless air conditioning. Okay, so we're talking about, like, no duct on the return or no duct on the supply? Well, beats me, Coach. Uh, right. <laughs> I've seen a few of them uptown. It's like the fan and the, comp- and the compressor is outside, and then something like a hose goes into the 
into the building. Like a mini split? A mini split is what yeah. he's talking right. about. Okay. Yep. So, so uh, go ahead, guys. It, it, I mean, they work well for a room. Um, right. But if, you, if you've got a bathroom attached to that room, it's right. hard to get a mini split mini split to blow into the bathroom or to blow around right. corners to other rooms. I've seen those work fairly well, Jim, and and things like closed in garages and and you know that yeah, like sort a of bonus thing. room upstairs yeah, yeah. where your your air conditioner for your house yeah. is you can't add another load onto it. So if you wanted to close in and just do like right. a bonus room or something upstairs do much or sunroom than... out back, they work well for right. that. I wouldn't do much more than three to five hundred square feet with that you know, well, it depends on the size split. of it. Yeah, and yeah. A, a mini split works great uh-huh. um, in the right application. Um, a bonus room uh, where where it's just impossible to get ductwork through. Right. Put a put a mini split or, there, or prohibitively expensive to get ductwork put through. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've got a cabin yeah. in in uh, up in Madison County, and we have three mini splits. We have one in each uh, bedroom. We have one in the living room. Mm-hmm. Heats and cools the cabin perfectly. Right. Um, now, obviously, one mini split's not going to work because I have four different rooms. Right. So, uh, did you buy those in bulk on Amazon? Um, you know, I can't remember where I got those, Shane. Right. <laughs> Probably from your brother. <laughs> right. All right. Number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. It's time for another break, and when we come back, we'll take you step by step through a drywall repair. Depending on the size of the damage, the steps that can be taken. So we'll uh, we'll take you through a small, a medium, and a large size repair. So stay tuned. Also, continue to call us with your questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. If you miss anything on MPB Think Radio, you can always stay up to date by logging on to our website at mpbonline.org or use your mobile device and download our MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Delmore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Also, we've got Shane McClendon here from Shane McClendon Builder, LLC. And if you missed any part of today's show, you can also always listen back on our website at mpbonline.org slash fixit101 or by podcast on our MPB public media app or your favorite podcast map. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Dot org. So uh, real quick, before we do what we were ta- what we talked about we're going to do when we get back, which is talk about drywall repair, I want to talk to Tom real quick about this uh, mini-split system that we talked about. Tom, are you with us? Yes, sir. So what were you going to say about the mini-split? Well, I was going to say that you can run three or four of those things off of one compressor. So you could put the inside unit in different rooms and have the one compressor outside. Oh, now we're cooking with gas. I like that, Tom. That's a, so, that, yeah, that's a pretty good like idea. We're talking about a bathroom. You could put one in the bathroom uh, and one in the other room. Oh, okay. Uh, good yeah, deal. See, I, I researched these things before, but I already had the ductwork and everything, and it didn't make sense to change out. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, Tom, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Love the show. 
Thank you, sir. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, drywall repair. This is a big thing. Last, I think last week we went over making a simple uh, fire pit, outdoor fire pit, mm-hmm. and uh, that was real easy. Today we're going to talk about this drywall repair. This seems like a really big deal uh, when it happens to you because there shouldn't be a hole there. Like, you know, and what I think of typically is like a doorknob hole, you know, about like that. Uh, but I can tell you there, there's a couple of different types of these holes uh, based on their sizes and it's a different repair system honestly because if you've got like a nail hole uh you can get some quick dry putty of some sort and just you know kind of use a a a flat surface to kind of put that on there there's really not that much to it if you've got a putty knife and and some uh i don't know spackle of any sort Mm -hmm. you just cover the nail hole uh if you want you can come back and sand it all that other jazz but but it's pretty much filled, right? I mean, does anyone else have a better idea for a nail hole? Yeah, a little spackling works perfect. Right. A little, little lightweight spackling, <clears throat> put it on with a putty knife. And, right. And it uh, looks, like, uh, looks like professional did it. looks like Shane did it. Right. As a matter of fact, Maybe. they sell it now. <laughs> they sell it now that uh, it, it will come and say a tube. And on the end of this tube is a little plastic putty yeah, knife. Sure. So it's basically like a nail hole fill kit. You know, so uh, it's real easy. It'll fill about a thousand nail holes. And (laughs) so there you go. Now, it gets a little trickier when we talked about that doorknob. And one of the things that um, for like a medium uh, hole, one of the things we've talked about on this show in particular is one of these patch kits, a drywall patch Mm -hmm. kit. Uh, They're easy to come by these days. That's about the size that they were made to work with, the patch kits. And uh, how these mainly work is they come with a pre-cut piece of what's going to look to you like mesh. And that mesh is going to just, it's going to have a sticky side on one of it. One side's going to be sticky, and you're going to put that mesh over the top of the hole, right? Uh, when you do that, you can then put some mud inside there. And, and, and not inside, there, but anyway, the mesh is going to hold that that goo that they give you. And what you're looking for is uh, something called joint compound. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's in the store. And you can buy a smaller tub of it. You don't have to buy, you know, they sell it in five-pound buckets and more and giant bags of 20 pounds. But uh, you're just using a little bit. So you can buy it like a little quart bucket of this stuff to use. But this that's what you would need. Guys, uh, like, let's say, who's the first one, or who's the last one that's worked with a uh, – Filling up a uh, hole in a sheetrock. Anybody? I do it Shame. quite a bit. You do it? Okay, so uh, walk me through that on a, on a small... How big a hole you want to work with? A doorknob. Doorknob? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it depends if it goes all the way through there or not. If it does go all the way through, um, then, I mean, those little metal patch kits and stuff you're mm-hmm. you're doing. But it's not a one-coat process. Don't for a second think yeah. that's... No, you're no, going to no, have no. to do it two or three times. Mm-hmm. If um, and it's probably best to pull it ten to twelve inches around. So if you've got a little two inch circle, mm-hmm. now you're fixing to pull you know ten inches all the way around. So you're about to have a twenty inch circle with sheetrock mud, right, to float it out properly and make it smooth down. Because right. there's always going to be a hump there. So what we're trying to do is drag out over distance the hump so that it so looks it's smooth. Less, it has the appearance of being less smooth. noticeable. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. So um, uh, some of the things that are needed uh, that. Uh, that Java's got on my list here is uh, some of the things you want to think is that that drywall joint compound 
you have to get some of that. Uh, you're going to need some of that uh, mesh tape if you're going to do something of that size. Uh, um, a drywall saw, just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got to remove some of the some of the paper and stuff like that. By the way, paper can be a pain when you start mm-hmm. dealing with drywall. Uh, so get as much of that off of there. <laughs> as you can uh drywall screws that's not something that you uh that you have around a lot but you can find them and we'll talk about why you might need those on the larger holes anyway um and you're going to need that putty knife you spread the drywall compound over the patch you kind of feather it out to the edges you smooth it out you let it dry and when it dries it's not going to be perfect you're going to have to sand it and hit it again and maybe even sand it and hit it again yeah just be careful with your sanding don't over sand because if you did you just took everything off in right. step one and now you have to do it again all over right and don't over mud it the first That's time less less is more less is I more when it comes you. to joint compound yes yeah. you don't you want... can always do it again it's much harder to sand it off you don't so. want finger size ridges in there and try to sand that out right all right, uh, so now we're going to go to the larger holes. Anything, I'm going to say this is anything over six inches, okay? Anything over six inches, because I think at that point you have to you have to now uh, patch and repair, uh, meaning you have to now use sheetrock to fix it. Yep. Stood to stud. Right. So uh, now I have a step-by-step here, but I'm sitting in a room with a contractor. So No, let's do the step-by-step. You want to do the step-by-step? I want to yeah, see if I've been doing it right. All right, let's Sometime see if you're you right. can um, cheat a spot with um, some napkin or some or a quick filler if you don't have the little mask. Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> now this is for the larger holes. Okay. Okay. Larger holes need patches that are made of drywall uh, to make sure it's the same thickness as the drywall that's already mm-hmm. already there. Mm-hmm. So uh, you cut a square of drywall slightly larger than that hole. Okay. Now I learned this the hard way myself. Okay. Cut a, a, a square that is larger than this hole. All right. Once you've cut it, you set that square up to the hole. Okay. Like over that hole. Then you take a pencil and you draw around that square that you just made. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is going to make that square when you go to cut that square out, it's going to make it the right size and it will make it so that it will fit the first time. So that's the way. No, Shane's laughing at me now. So (laughs) what's going on? That's elementary. I'm okay with that. Okay. okay. Now uh, it says check. uh, Oh, now they tell us to check for electrical cords. (laughs) (laughs) Not important. Not important. Right. Only if you hit it. Right. Um, So check for electrical cords and plumbing lines where you plan to cut. Uh, Then you use a drywall saw to cut out the drawn area where you put that square around the hole, right? Uh, Inside that hole behind the drywall, uh, it says here, screw in two wooden boards behind the drywall, one at the top and one at the bottom of the hole. Mm-hmm. This will keep the patch from falling through. Now, Jason did this one time a long time ago and tried to cheat it by putting one uh, piece of wood in the middle. Mm. This means the piece of sheetrock will rock back and forth on the single piece of wood. So this is why you want to do two pieces of wood. Instrument factors. I'm making the mistakes for you, folks. So you don't have to. Then um, you screw the drywall patch, the one that you made, the square that you cut out. You're going to put that into the hole that you just cut out. So you're going to put that into, you're going to screw that to the boards that you just put in behind the drywall. That you screwed those boards to the the existing drywall. drywall. Correct. Correct. So they're on the inside. You need to put your hand in there behind the drywall and hold that board tight. Now also just note that the sheetrock was busted. 
Right. So the integrity of it may not be all there in all areas. Right. So don't push too hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or overscrew it too deeply. Gotcha. Or it'll just bust right back out. All right. Then uh, then then we do what we did before. You take your your uh, your drywall compound and, and mesh if you want to do that. Um, or tape. Or just, tape. Just yeah. Use tape. Don't tape use is the mesh. Yeah, yeah. The mesh and and I will say if you use tape if you if you master tape one time. It's great if you if you, but you can really goof stuff up if you don't know what you're doing with the tape because you'll leave creases and the key to well, the tape is to wet it a little bit, a that, little damp tape. Yep, run it through water first. What I what I always do is I pile where I'm going to tape. I pile my mud mm-hmm. up over there enough to cover the tapes. You don't want any air pockets or any or be too thin under it. Right. Then just take your same sheetrock knife. And then just go and pull all the mud back out from under it. Right. So After tape, you put your tape on top of the mud. Right. right. You put your tape on. It's it's. Uh, so Java, tell me, are we too deep into this, or uh, have we have we left, folks? No, we're good. Okay. So now, all right, let's. Uh, it says go- tape, but it's not sticky. That's right. That's right. right. Okay. Well, yeah. Right. And, I hadn't thought about that. All right. Let's go to Bob on the coast, and he's got a comment about uh, patching drywall. <laughs> Maybe he can uh, get me through this a little easier. What's going on, Bob? Hey guys, hey. I, uh, you were you were talking about putting mesh and so forth over the holes that were about the size of a doorknob and all that stuff. And I I think you guys are working a little too hard. Uh, take your piece of cardboard, just a little bit uh, bigger than the hole. Yeah. And poke your little hole in the middle of it. Stick you some string in there and tie you a knot on it. Poke the cardboard through the hole. Then pull it back with the string and hold on to it. <laughs> Put the joint compound in there. Patch it up. Man, you look at you. Cut the <laughs> look at you. That was, uh, did you ear, engineer that yourself or did you actually see a human being do that? I've done that over and over and over again and it works like a charm. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. Have, Shane, have you seen this? Have you guys ever seen this? I've done some patches, um, you know, when we're working on an old house doing a remodel or something. I've seen stuff similar, like Dale was talking about putting a napkin or something in there. Uh-huh. I've seen, like, wads of old newspaper. Yeah. Some of them back That's from, right. like, the 40s. and yep. Not in the 40s, I'm sorry. It's 50s, 60s, right. something like that over in Belhaven. And I uh, thought they, that was kind of neat. They stuffed the wall with newspaper so they've got something S- some to sort of filler. Yeah. hold only, onto the joint compound. The only problem with maybe what he's talking about, which mm-hmm. would be kind of hard for a person doing this for the first time, right. is sheetrock mud doesn't set up fast. Now, they yeah. make some that does, right. but you, you kind of need to know what you're doing with that. Mm-hmm. So you might be sitting there holding that string for a long time before uh, that sheetrock mud. Yeah, and and right. in regular mud that, that just dries by air, if you pile it on there really thick, it's going to crack right. Right. all yes. the pieces before the, it dries. The, the problem I have with the cardboard is, and, and Bob, if it works for you, that's great. It might collapse on me. The, it's, well, it's flimsy. It, it's, it's flimsy. Um, and, and sheetrock patch has is, is gotten so easy. Um, the key to a sheetrock patch uh-huh. is a little bit of patience, uh-huh. and leave most of the mud in the bucket. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. give you. Uh, yeah. Yes. My my only thing I can add to that is more patience than a little bit of patience. Ah, uh, true. Yeah. True. Uh, I, I can tell you that if you if you decide that you want to become a handy person and go to your local store and try to start fixing things around your house, you'll find that. <clears throat> the part of construction in your home that seems most like an art than a science is sheetrock. Hey, it's, I mean, a friend is. of mine, a friend of mine, I think you know him, Shane. 
uh, Ben Pellet. Yeah, he's amazing. Ben has made a living on patching sheet on patching sheetrock. I I promise you, really. He, he is, he, he's great at. He it. He will too. patch a piece of sheetrock, and you will never see that patch. Really, self taught. It's it's unbelievable because I can tell you it is not easy. It is. It is the equivalent of of sculpting. It, 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 you know, you're you're right. a lot. That's a true statement. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that's challenging for me, I I get a lot of um, roof leaks, and we have to repair the inside. And you have all these different textures on the ceiling. You got a mop leaf, oh, the textures. popcorn, um, granddaddy patch, and right. they wanted to look, you know, the same. Look the same, yeah. And they no and one has the brush anymore that made the pattern that no one on knew there. what they were doing to make that design, <laughs> right? All right, you know what? Uh, we're going to take our last break of the hour. You can call with your questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on at eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We've got Shane McClendon here in the uh, Handyman Hangout today, so uh, also ready to help along with Dell, Jeff, and myself during the break. See if you can answer this question. What is the most searched home improvement term in Mississippi? That's right. When Mississippi's go to, uh, Mississippians go to Google, what are they looking up? looking up when it comes to home improvements. We'll have the answer after the break. It's got to be Jeff Sammons. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Delmore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Also, um, we've got Shane McClendon here, uh, Shane McClendon Builder. So, so you know what? Before we went to break, we asked uh, the question, what is the most searched term in Mississippi when it comes to home improvement? Like, So when Mississippians go to Google, what are they searching? According to Home Advisor, the most searched term is roofing. More people really? go online and look for roofing in Mississippi than they do anything else. And I, I thought about this. I, 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 uh, Java gave me the answer before the show, and I thought about this a lot. And I thought, I wonder if that's based on the fact that we have a lot of storms and there's a lot of damage. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, it's trees, and, and I think it's a combination. And I also think... That if there, if you can, if you can name one single element on your home that takes more abuse than any other thing yeah, in your true. home, yeah. that's would good, be that's a good point. would be that roof. Yeah, it's and then too the way point. they building houses now, um, you got valleys on top of valleys, flat roofs, gables up under the, you know, yeah, you have I, to I know say, how to stop the water from getting in. But a lot of flashing techniques, a lot of different roofing. I will say you're right, Dale, because you do uh, see a lot. Uh, of, of mountains, very pretty engineered roofs, but but I can say I I would bet they are yeah. a little more difficult to keep the water out. How do sometimes. you stop the water from coming in when it's running sideways down my house? Right, well, <laughs> in the pitch know, pan. Hey, another thing you can look at when you're driving through neighborhoods, look at the uh, look at the fireplace that's in the valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, why? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> why? I, Bird I, eyes I'm under re- the under the ridge. We were pulling out a vent <laughs> yesterday, and the the plumber that installed it put the the 
the vent right on top of yeah. wall to roof flashing and actually cut through it. Oh, nice. Oh, man. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny <laughs> is that this term, uh, roofing, is also the number one searched uh, home improvement term in Alabama and Florida. Yeah. So, so isn't that interesting? That. I can that see is. that. Um, and see, we get a variety of weather too: the, the winds, the tornadoes, and but when you guys, you know, dry. what's funny is that I would think that if if Alabama, Mississippi, and Florida roofing is the number one search term, what would be for Georgia or Louisiana? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what what, what do they have that's different than what we have? I would Maybe think foundation. I would think it would be roofing. I really do. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, isn't that, isn't that kind of cool? Uh, what are you searching for on, in uh, Google that's home improvement related? Well, there you go, folks. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Miss Liz Gill. For Del Moore, Jeff Simmons, and Mr. Shane McClendon of Shane McClendon Builders, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for Everyday Tech with Michelle McAdoo and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.